Everyone talks about closing coal plants, but is it really as easy as it sounds? We'll explore that and more on this week's Renew Gurus. Hello out there in podcast world. This is Renew Gurus. As I said, I am your host, Executive Director for Renew Missouri, James Owen. We are coming to you live on tape from the palatial Renew Missouri studios. Matt Patterson running the boards, as always. Matthew, you consider this palatial, huh? What would you consider it? (laughs) I don't know. I guess I shouldn't say palatial because I'm in the middle of like asking for like a year-end appeal. That's right. Yeah, we're living in a hovel. Uh, That's what we're doing this from. Writing on the wall. It's all here. Okay. Okay. Stains on the carpet. (laughs) There's stains on the carpet for me spilling coffee. My daughter, my two-year-old lovely child, uh, put some markers to the wall. We have to clean that. It'll get done if my landlord is listening. I know she's not because she doesn't even take my phone calls. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) joining us today also by, uh, by his complete volition is... General Counsel for Renew Missouri, Tim Opitz. Tim, how are you this morning? I'm doing well. How are you? Well, I'm doing good. Um, okay, so I, I know uh, we always like to chit chat, but this is kind of a to- this is kind of an ambitious topic that I wanted to get into uh, this week because it's um, it's a case that's caused a little bit of a ripple uh, with the Public Service Commission and with some of the parties we're working with, and but it's been kind of an ongoing issue, and it kind of plays into this question. Um, that I hear a lot of people talk about uh, when you go to rallies or you go to protests or you go to talk to environmental groups, and that's about being able to close down coal plants. And there's this urgency in addition to bringing in renewable energy and energy efficiency, which is something that we are very keen on doing. That's our mission. But the kind of flip side of that is is that, you know, we're, we're, we're producing a lot of coal power right now in the state. And if we're producing more renewable energy or we're cutting back on energy consumption because of energy efficiency, we're going to have to, like, kind of uh, stop producing it somewhere. And so coal plants have been a natural place to do that because, as we all know, coal plants, in addition to being environmentally problematic, cost a lot of money to operate, maintain, uh, the property taxes on them are very high, et cetera, et cetera. And an example of that um, is Evergy. Uh, which is the new KCPNL. I think they've now officially started going by Evergy with the public. We've been calling them Evergy for a while. That's the merged company with Westar. They have a plant in northeastern Jackson County near the village of Sibley, which they call the plant Sibley. You familiar with this, Tim? I'm familiar with it. Yeah. I've never been there. Never been there. Never been to that plant. I hear it's lovely this time of year. So, okay. So back in 2015, when it was still Kansas City Power and Light, and actually, technically, we should... I don't know if we want to get into this. It's not actually Kansas City Power & Light. It's Kansas City Power & Light Greater Missouri Operations, which is, if you are a Greater Missouri Operations customer, you don't know the difference between KCPNL and KCPNL Greater Missouri Operations because they call themselves KCPNL. But technically, it's a separate utility. Yes. Okay. This could take up an entire podcast on that very topic. Couldn't it? <laughs> I think that's a little far in the weeds okay. for what we're interested in. Let's just call it KCPNL, even though that's not <laughs> technically accurate. Well, if you want to be more accurate, just call it GMO. Yeah, but like people don't know what GMO is. Okay. I mean, okay, because I remember when we were both at public council, I would go to public hearings for greater Missouri operations. And one of the things that we were very keen 
on asking the public who was there is, do you know what Greater Missouri Operations is? And nobody did. I don't know why we always ask that question, but I was always told to ask that question because it was like some issue that we should just move them into the same. Well, who was telling you what to do? You were the boss. I know it. Well, <laughs> I worked with all of you. I was listening to the lawyer who was on that case, which is not you, by the way. Okay. Okay. I just asked that question because it sounded like a good idea. But anyway, okay. KCPNL has this coal plant. It's a coal burning plant in northeastern Jackson County called Sibley. 2015, they announced that they're going to start retiring this. They're going to retire this in 2019. As a part of their merger, when they were going to merge with Westar, or I think initially they were going to, yeah, when they're going to merge with Westar and become Evergy, uh, they said, we're going to retire Sibley. As a matter of fact, I believe, <laughs> I recall uh, when we were trying to settle the uh, merger case with KCPNL, they were saying, oh, well, you know, one of the concessions we're going to give you is we're going to retire Sibley. And I'm like, but you were going to do that anyway. That's not a concession. Yeah, and retiring coal plants featured in the merger uh, case quite a bit. Yeah. Because that's how they were going to accrue savings. Yes. Right? Yeah, because one of, the, one of the benefits they always, uh, what utility companies always tout, and actually most companies when they talk about mergers and acquisitions, they tout savings, which basically means we're going to fire a bunch of people and shut down a bunch of plants that are doing du duplicative um, functions. So, okay, so it's part of the merger. And then, okay, so then after they after the merger case is approved over our objection, uh, Renewable <coughs> Missouri was the only party that objected to it because we didn't feel there was enough concessions on renewable energy issues. Uh, then KCPNL. I would say assurances on renewable Assurances. Right. Thank you. Okay. We want to make sure we're specific. We still lost. Yeah. Okay. Um, then we have a rate case with KCPNL where they're actually seeking a rate decrease, but they're also seeking a bunch of other things, uh, new programs, new managerial things. I mean, basically, I think they're asking for $24 million in rate reduction. Was well, that? I think they were actually asking for an increase, but it wound up being a decrease. It ended up being a decrease. Right. right. Okay. That's okay. I think I was reading that, and it ended up being a decrease. But <coughs> part of it, they were talking about this closure. Okay. Well, one of the things that's important to know in a rate case is we have to, in order to know how we're going to adjust rates, how we're going to like change the way rates are applied, which are the two main factors in a rate case. We have to rely on a certain time period on what we're basing that off of. We call those test years, test right? Test years, right. Right. And this, th this case had a specific period of time that we were using as our starting point for how we were going to adjust these rates. Right? Right. Okay. So we, so all the parties in this case... Well, okay, not all the parties. Most of the parties settled this case. Office of Public Counsel, our friends at Office of Public Counsel, our former employer, uh, didn't agree to a stipulation, but they didn't object to one either. Like all the other parties got into an agreement with KCPNL to settle this case. They didn't sign on to it, but they didn't object. Am I right about that? They didn't object. No, they didn't object. I mean, they had some issues with some of the things we were asking for yeah so they didn't want to sign yeah okay so but it gets settled the uh public service commission has to approve all these settled cases they approve this one and then when this case is done i believe this is in maybe december of 2008 wait wait so this wait. case finished in october of 2018 and i think the rates became effective december of 2018 and in december of 2018 that's when they started shutting down Sibley. 
It was shut down on November 14th of 2018. Okay. Very good. You're very precise. I thought it was December. Okay, but November 14th. They're all around the same area. Ooh, the day after my birthday. That's, like, very exciting. Okay, so... um, (laughs) Isn't that a national holiday? My birthday? We get off, don't we? (laughs) You all... Yeah, you all can take off. Uh, I'll be I'll be out somewhere, you know, wondering what happened in my life. Um, no, just kidding. Um, so okay, so then okay, but they start doing this, and then Office of Public Council and the Missouri Energy Consumer Group, which is a uh, large industrial consumer group led by our friend David Woodsmall, he's their lawyer. They file once this happens. They file for an accounting. Um, basically saying, well, look, this plant was shut down after this rate case test year, and we think that they need to account for this, like, as a, as kind of a benefit to ratepayers. I mean, basically, okay, so this is going to take a little more explanation. All right, so outside of rate cases, there's, there's a systematic, um, process for how, Utility companies account for certain activities. Um, I think it's based on what is the U.S. accounting Uniform system of accounts. Uniform system of accounts, right. and there's things called regulatory assets and regulatory liabilities. Yes, right? those are two of the accounts. That's right. Now, okay, folks, I took two accounting classes in college. I didn't really take any. I took some business law classes in law school. <laughs> So I mean I'm not I'm not an accountant I'm not an auditor we have a lot of people working at these uh, at the Public Service Commission and the Office of Public Council that do have that experience so basically what they were saying is like look this happened outside of this period that was factored in for the rate case since it is illegal to do retroactive rate making which is to to do to deal with you know to to change rates based on something that's already happened we need to have an order saying that that any savings they get from this plant closing down should be to the benefit of ratepayers. That was the argument that was made in this filing that the public uh, that the public council and that the MECG put before the commission back in like what December of 2018. Right? That was they filed their complaint in late December of 2018. Right. That's what I said. Yeah. Well, you said late. Okay. You got me on that one, Tim. No, just kidding. So, but that's what they were saying, right? They said we they want an order from the Public Service Commission saying that. Yeah, there was a few things. So, when you're looking at setting rates, you look at all the costs that the utility has to operate its plants and to provide service to its customers. And specific to the Sibley plants, because they hadn't yet been shut down. You said plants. Um, Explain so, how that works. So, there were different units. Um, I guess different generating facilities at the Sibley site. I think they had units one, two, and three, and then there was some common plant that would be used by all of them. Okay. Um, say joint smokestack or whatever. Yeah. So that was all shut down in November. Right. But it had been built into rates yes. and cost. And so MECG and OPC said, we've already got this other agreement talking about depreciation expense. Yeah. So what we're going to seek here is for you to record our non-fuel operation maintenance um, taxes including deferred taxes and basically any other cost that was built into rates for these three units right okay that's right so 
Because these are, I mean, like I said, I think, what do they say? This is like $27 million to, to kind of do just general non-labor expenses involved with a, uh, with a coal plant for this coal plant. For this plant, that's, a, that's right. Um, yeah. I think that there, throughout the course of this hearing, there was testimony from the company saying, well, you don't really know that precise number. And OPC and MECG said, well, that's as close as we can get. But when we get to that next rate case and we look at this again, uh, we'll be able to find a more precise number. Okay. So then, of course, they file this this joint this joint complaint comes out, and KCPNL responds. They, they first they want to try to dismiss it, saying uh, this this is not news to anybody. I mean, I mean, I was trying to read up on their cases. They're like, well, look, we've been talking about this for three or four years. We've been taking steps towards this. You knew about this. No one raised any objections to this. That was their response. It didn't get dismissed because, I mean, ultimately, and, and we don't get into a lot of legal standards in here, but like, okay, so the the standard for applying one of these AAOs, whether it's to the utilities benefit or to the customer's benefit, is it has to be material and it has to be extraordinary. It has to cover some event that meets those two those two standards. Which just means it's got to be a big deal. <laughs> that's so. That's that's the standard that um, the commission has applied, and I listened to their agenda last week and this week. Yeah. And that's the standard that they are applying. That's extraordinary, non-recurring, um, and material. Right. Um, the Western District Court of Appeals has said it's totally appropriate for the commission to apply that. Um, okay. I know we gave a CLE earlier this year where we had Chuck Heineman talk about the. We AOs, did. And he takes a different view. I kind of. <laughs> Chuck, Chuck is a different kind of cat. I, I you know, I <laughs> over the years I've kind of tended towards that is to say, you know, it doesn't have to necessarily be extraordinary right. for the commission to issue these orders. But that's the standard that the Western District Court has said is okay, and that's the standard that the commission applied in this case. Right. So okay, but what I mean, but so so that is what is being applied here. Um, you know. Other minds can disagree on that, but that's kind of the standard that was being considered as a part of this. Sorry, I'm, um, I'm, I'm helping our guest out with getting him some delicious fresh coffee. Um, Colombian. Colombian coffee. Okay, so, so basically, the, so basically I, I don't think the question of shutting down a coal plant is of it being material was at issue. I mean, that's a big, I mean, that's, that, that's a lot of money. Well, the, the, right, yeah. Yeah. So the question was, was this extraordinary? And one of the things that I, in reading KCPNL's arguments on this, is that there is nothing extraordinary about shutting down a coal plant. It is a trend through the industry. It is something that we have, they've been discussing for a number of years. This is not extraordinary. Now, and, and you know, and ultimately the response, the reply to that from MECG and from public counsel was, well, look, when it benefits the company, they seek these kind of orders all the time for ice storms, <laughs> right. um, for, you know, lawsuits, and including, and I think this is relevant to some of our listeners, when the renewable energy standards were put into effect <laughs> by voters in 2008, they got an AAO for that, according to a brief I read, which I think that's right. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, basically the argument from these consumer groups is, well, they, you know, when it benefits the utility company, they seek AAOs all the time. Now that we're asking for a 
AAO that benefits customers, we um, they're saying like, oh my gosh, this is improper and they shouldn't do this. So, um, so, so then, right? So, they're trying right. to realize the benefits of regulatory lag without experiencing any of the difficulties with it. Right. Okay. So, and I mean, so when we 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 knew about this case going on, we knew this complaint had been filed. And I recall that one of the things that we talked about, like, look, okay, let me make sure I'm clear on this. I know we're several minutes into this podcast. We like the fact that KCPNL is wanting to shut down this coal plant. <laughs> like, we are in support of that decision. We like that they're doing this. Um, I want that to be crystal clear here. Um, but when we looked at getting involved with this case, we kind of looked at it from the perspective that this is for lack of a better word, a bookkeeping issue. And we don't necessarily add a lot of expertise or knowledge when it comes to bookkeeping. I mean, we talk about policy, we talk about legal issues, but we don't have like an auditor here on staff. We don't have an accountant here on staff. So we don't really have, and we don't need it most of the time. So I didn't really feel like we had like an expertise in this particular area, even though we like the concept, we like the decision that was made. And that's why we didn't get involved with this case. Right, and that's sort of an argument that the company made is if you make us save this money to potentially give it back in the future through an AAO, yeah, um, it's going to discourage us and other utilities from retiring coal plants early. Which we don't want them to be discouraged from doing. Right. Right? I mean, like, we want them to do that. We know that Empire, well, no, excuse me, Liberty Utilities has made this announcement they're going to be shutting down a coal plant next year. Amron has announced in, you know, the next you know, decade or so, there's going to be a number of plants they're looking at for closure. It could be accelerated. I know. And it could be accelerated. Some of those special contemporary issues, which is related to IRP planning. Um, Office of Public Counsel noted a Eastern District, U.S. Eastern District um, court case where I believe it was Sierra Club got an order from, right. from uh, the court saying Amron has to... Uh, apply the best available yeah. environmental retrofit technology to two of its coal plants. Right. OPC thinks that'll be like $5 trillion. So... Did you uh, say trillion? Trillion. Okay. <laughs> no, bill, billion? Bill. Now I'm confused. Um, Trillion's a lot. Trillion is a Billion's lot. I, a lot. I think it was billion. Okay. Um, yes. You got my attention there. I was like, what? <laughs> okay. I mean, two... KCPNL's defense. I mean, I, you know, the defense I would make is to say that uh, shutting down a coal plant is extraordinary. I mean, look, it is a trend that's happening around the country. It's a trend that's happening in the state. Like, we're going to be talking about that. We've been talking about that. You talk about these integrated resource plans, these IRPs, that's something that gets discussed by all the major investor-owned utilities, electric utilities, all of the time. So we know about this. We know that this is not, that this is where the industry is heading, okay? So this is ultimately a question of whether this decision merits having, basically for lack of a better word, how we, how we write down this savings in a book <laughs> and where those savings go when the time comes, right? right. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Right. So when the commission issues its order today in this AAO case, rates will not change. Rates will not change. They will stay the, exactly the same that they are. But when they come in for another rate case... In three years or two years, whenever it may be... Which we don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be in a couple of years. The commission at that time 
will have the opportunity to consider these costs to set new rates. Right. Okay. And I know like everyone's probably out there thinking, oh my God, what are these two talking about? But I mean, ultimately that's what it comes down to. This is about making a decision right now that's going to have an impact on, okay, so if KCPNL is saving a bunch of money by not running this plant, where is that money going to go? Is it going to go back to the company or is it going to go back to ratepayers? And what MECG and OPC wanted was a order in place that says it's going to be, it can be considered to go back to ratepayers, right? right? Okay. I mean, when we're looking at the past 20 minutes, that's what this boils down to. <laughs> so they have a hearing. They filed their briefs. Again, we're not involved with this because we didn't see that we could offer any particular expertise on this. But we were very much wanting to see KCPNL be able to shut down this plant. Now the question is, who gets the benefit from it? I mean, I don't know. That's not necessarily relevant to our mission. MECG, Office of Public Counsel, and KCPNL, that is relevant to their mission. So last week, <clears throat> okay, so the Public Service Commission hears this. They get initial briefs. They get reply briefs to that. They have a conversation on the record about, I think, and it ends up at that time being three to two of people uh, of the commissioner saying, we agree with OPC and MACG on this, and we think that this AAO to book this as a regulatory liability should be granted. That was a conversation they had, which they often do before they issue orders. Right, and it gives guidance to the person, to the regulatory law judge drafting the order. Yeah. How to structure it and how to, what areas that they need to decide on. Are you telling me those commissioners don't write those orders, Tim? You know, some of them do. I oh, think they do. you'll find, um, <laughs> you're talking about concurring opinions. Uh, today, uh, Commissioner Hall mentioned that he's going to file a concurring opinion. I see. And so he'll be working on that and, you know, with the input, I'm sure, of his advisor. So. His advisor, Christy Manning, who used to be the Division of Energy Director for the state of Missouri. She's working for Commissioner Hall, and he's only going to be here for another couple weeks at the commission. He announced he's going to be retiring on November 4th. That's a side note. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, okay, so last week they have this discussion on the record, which, by the way, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but we, the Public Service Commission, just about every week, I mean, they sometimes they cancel these or something else is going on, just about every week they have an agenda meeting, which is about anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour, where it's streamed live online, and you can watch it. Like, you can watch it. You, you can listen to it. You can watch it. So that's something you can do. I mean, sometimes it doesn't make much sense unless you've been following these cases. But you can, that is something that you have the, the ability to do. Um, so they have this conversation. And apparently, according to conversations I've had this week, and according to a filing that KCPNL did, this caused their stock to have a, <laughs> a reaction. <laughs> According to KCPNL, this caused their share, their stocks to lose about $500 million. According to them. That's what they said in a filing. That's what they said in a filing. You are skeptical of this based on my, your body language I'm reading, Tim. Well, <laughs> I, so there were a couple of responses <laughs> filed late yesterday. I too. saw, and I read those too. Um, yeah. You know, Office of Public Counsel said, uh, one, so what, you know, uh, you shouldn't be setting rates or making decisions based on what the stock market is doing. That's and true. two, you can go to the Evergy webpage right now on their investor relation. It says stock prices at a five-year high, <laughs> you know, so this was a small dip. There. Whoops. Uh, you know. Uh, they should be talking to their PR people about that. All right. <laughs> well, I, I think very few people go and 
click on that tiny little link that says, you know, investor relations. Oh. Um, Are you saying they're not trying to make that something that they're, like, making the public totally aware of? I think they want to make investors aware about it. Oh, yeah, okay. You're going to find it if you know what you're looking for. Yeah. But Okay. Fair enough. Okay, so, so but, but, like, and ultimately, I think, you know, and some of the, and I know MACG responded to this as well, and I mean, ultimately... I know what the Public Service Commission thinks, and I'm not necessarily sure if I agree with this, but what they say, their their interest is, and what their purpose is, is to balance the interest between the public and the utility company. That's what they're supposed to do with what they decide. And so the question then becomes, well, should should Evergy's stock value have any impact on those decisions or on that balancing act? And I, I don't know. I mean, I think the public counsel in me, the former public counsel in me, is be like, they shouldn't care, but then at the same time, they have to use that money to do other things. I don't know. It's probably not a legal standard. It's not. It's probably. I would say it's probably inappropriate to raise, particularly after the hearing. Uh, yeah. To you know, it's sort of like, well, the commission isn't going to consider that, but well, it's out there, and it's sort of like in a hearing when you put testimony forward and somebody objects, if it's already out there, the judge can say, ignore that. Right. But you can't unring that bell. You can't unring that bell when you have, like, this huge filing. I mean, it was, like, 50, 60 pages of showing these analysts talking about this. I mean, that's what KCPNL filed. So, and apparently it didn't do... <laughs> it might have had the opposite effect because last week it seemed like the commission was leaning towards a 3-2 decision with uh, Chairman Sylvie... Uh, Commissioner Hall and Commissioner Roop siding with the um, siding with the the complainants in this, and with Bill Kenny, Commissioner Kenny, and Maida Coleman, Commissioner Coleman, uh, siding with the company. And then today, just as we were uh, you know getting on here, we were listening to the agenda, and I guess Commissioner Coleman changed her mind, and now it's going to be a four to one decision against the company. That's what I understand. Right. We haven't seen this yet, but that's what we think is going to happen. So, <laughs> so that well, so that seems we, like we have the, seen it. We I listened to the the agenda, so we've seen it, but the formal order the formal has not order been we have not seen. Right. Right. Okay. So we're not we're not operating on insider information or anything like that. No. Good lord, no one tells me any of that. So <laughs> I mean, so if all you think I have like some insider information about this, I don't. Okay. So. I mean, and the only, the, the reason I bring any of this up, I mean, I think, you know, this could get appealed. I imagine it probably will. I'm not sure the basis. That's going to be my guess. I can tell you Kansas City Power and Light is very distressed about this ruling. And I will say I'm not thrilled with this decision because, I mean, I, I want to see this plant close. I don't want to discourage other plants from getting closed. But, you know, when, you know, we got, we got a fair amount of press inquiries about this. Uh, we've had I've had some emails about this just from our supporters who, you know, kind of follow this stuff, kind of wondering what is going on with this, asking why didn't we get involved with this? And I mean, and to me, as I said, you know, they're going to close this plant down regardless. I mean, however they book this, or however it's like accounted for, they were going to do this anyway. They already said they were going to do it. They already did do it. Right. I guess they could undo it, but I doubt that. My concern is not so much with this case, but like, okay, what's this going to do for Liberty? What's this going to do for Ameren, Missouri? What's this going to do for KCPNL? They've still got other coal plants in operation in Missouri and in Kansas. Right. I mean, do you think, Tim Opitz, that this is this could have a potential chill effect to other utilities on this? To close down coal plants? No. Okay. I think that... Why not? <laughs> I, I think that... The situation with KCPL 
given the fleets um, of our other utilities in Missouri mm -hmm. was different. Sibley, I think they had just done um, environmental retrofits in 2009. Right. Um, they had an expected... Because um, it was only supposed to go another 20 years from 1990. And they, they did some additions to get it another 10 years out of it, basically. So, so even when they retired in November of 18, they basically retired at 20 years early still. Yeah. So the commission seemed to be relying very heavily on that being extraordinary that they're retiring this very early. Right. Um, so I, I don't think that it's going to... You think to, this was an extraordinary decision on their part? To retire it? Yeah. I think it's... This particular case. This particular case, yeah, I think so. Okay. I think it's extraordinary. I think it's extraordinarily good. Yeah, um, and, I think it's positive. And given the... They're operating within this construct of historical test years... And I have no doubt in my mind that they knew if they retired it after rates were set, they would be able to benefit from this regulatory lag. Right. right? And so I don't blame them for trying to uh, work within the system that we have right now. Right. Or we had right now. The system, and this is kind of the, the quote I was kind of talking to people, I think the system stinks right now. I don't, I don't, I think the ability for a utility company to close plants early to deal with um, unexpected costs you know, right now you deal with this AAO. I would like to see some sort of alternate tool enacted for that. I mean, and we've never done a podcast on this, but something that we've been working on for the past couple of years, and we've been working with some other environmental groups, is a piece of legislation that would basically, I mean, for lack of a better word, make it kind of a cost-neutral thing for a utility to shut down these plants and, like, not cause problems for their shareholders with this. That's a concept called securitization. Right. And so during the agenda today, uh, Commissioner Hall... Who's very big on this topic, by the way. ...talked about how, you know, we don't want to discourage companies from uh, retiring coal plants early. Right. But he thinks the solution is securitization. And so his concurring opinion, I think if you're a utility, say, Ameren or Empire, worried about your ability to retire coal plants, yeah. I would print that concurring opinion when it comes out <laughs> and give it to every member of the legislature yeah. because that is going to make the case and lay out the way that... Um, but utility companies don't like it, though. I mean, they don't love it. I mean, I don't, I don't think they... They're not out there pushing for it, for securitization, that is. They should be. They should. I, I agree. Right. But I've talked to all three of them about this topic, so, all three of the utilities. So the like, reason they don't like it, yeah, because right now they're operating in a construct where they think that they're able to earn a return on and a return of all of these invest investments, whether they're operating to benefit customers or whether they've been shut down yeah. and are stranded assets. Right. Now, right. There are some arguments that says, no, you shouldn't be able to earn a return on that. Yeah. You shouldn't be able to return of that. Um, which would be basically the utility loses money. So yeah. if you had a real hard commission that said, no, you shut that down, we're not going to let you recover it, um, or you kept it operating, you should have shut it down and disallowed all that cost, that yeah. would be a huge detriment to yeah. utilities. They're betting that won't happen, basically. But, but now if they're seeing that this might be a problem, it, it seems to me that securitization, which we will talk about in a future podcast, I know... We talk about it with some of our legislative updates and everything else, but I think that could um, I think that could solve this problem. And I and I think you're right. I think uh, they should be out there supporting this. It's going that to concept. Give, it's going if it's going to give them more certainty from a regulatory perspective. If they're worried about um, stability in terms of 
giving information to their investors, this would be the most amount of uh, stability that they could expect. And it would be far more stable than the current environment. Yeah, and I think that's right. And I, I think that ultimately this is going to get filed this year. I hope it gets pre-filed. We're going to have pre-filing start in literally like a month and a half. So like the legislative session is like right on our tail. Um, and we had, and there was a Republican sponsor for this last year. Uh, I think that sponsor, I think those sponsors at the House and the Senate are going to be back pushing this. So I think that gives it a better shot of getting movement in the legislature when you have someone from the supermajority doing it. Um, and I'm really, really hoping that the utility companies kind of soften their position on it. They haven't really had a hard position on it. Um, they've had some, some of their kind of ancillary groups offer what I thought was pretty soft testimony against it. Um, I hope that dissipates. I hope they kind of say, like, look, you know, we think this is going to work. We want to avoid this problem in the future. So let's just have this as an option. I'm not saying that. And, and like I said, we'll get into this later. But I, uh, but I think that that is a solution to this. But the point is, and I, I just want this to be clear if, if people are listening to this podcast, <laughs> that when you talk about closing coal plants, there's all this other stuff that goes along with it. It's not so simple to say this is good for the environment. This is good for cutting costs. There's all these other small, nuanced things that go into this that involve accounting, that involve, you know, regulatory paperwork. And I wish it were easy. I wish it were easier. But right now we have a system that doesn't make it easy and has an effect of potentially causing uh, other utilities to be discouraged by this. So that's kind of the point I want to make here. Tim, do you have any parting thoughts about this about this idea? I think that... It shouldn't discourage utilities from retiring coal plants, but they should get ahead of the game and yeah. pursue actively a securitization legislation. I mean, there are there's a general framework out there on how to do it, but certainly if the utility thinks that there could be modifications to, say, be inserted into there. Yeah. Um, so I think they should be proactive with this. Yeah, I mean, I think the system doesn't really facilitate this now, but the f system needs to be fixed. So um, that's what we would encourage everyone to do <laughs> in the legislature. So I hope that all of you out there listening have found this enlightening. I hope you found this helpful. I don't want you to be discouraged by this. I just want you to understand some of the process that goes into this. Um, we think that if you found this helpful, found this useful, we want you to share this on your social media networks. We want you to subscribe to this on Spotify or on iTunes. We want you to write a good review so we can bolster this. We are working on ways to improve our podcast uh, delivery and where you can find it. We might even be adding a visual element to it, which will be very exciting because we're very handsome. Okay, on that, <laughs> uh, we want to thank all of you for listening, and we'll see you next time on the radio.